This podcast contains adult language and mature themes, which may not be suitable for all listeners. So listen at your own fucking risk. Welcome to Essential NPCs, the podcast where we sample some of the best and possibly some of the worst tabletop RPGs. I'm Tommy. And I'm Addie. And you're listening to Series 4, Episode 2, The High Road. All right. Series 4 is well underway. Uh, before we get into anything else, let's start it off with some announcements. Uh, so we've got two announcements today. Um, the first one is, hey, remember all of those teams that uh, Tommy <laughs> talked about or, last or time? Or are you having trouble remembering all those teams that I talked about in the first episode? Well, you're in luck because Tommy's going to be releasing Jolly Pots dossiers with the episode today. So you can go to our website at www.essentialnpcs.com slash extras. Uh, you can also find the link on our webpage and we'll post it on Facebook and all of those good things. Uh, so yeah, that way you have a, you have a resource that you can go to whenever, uh, uh I know I always keep mine with me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, w- whenever, uh, the, the, some, the players run into one of these teams along the race and I'm like, yeah, you see team Adams. And then you're like, oh shit, who the hell's team Adams? You can look at the, uh, dossiers. It will, uh, have basically the background of the, the benefactor, uh, the background of the team, as far as Jolly Pot was able to find out. And then also a brief description of what the, uh, what the, team members look like. And uh, if you're one of our lucky Patreon supporters, you can go to our Patreon feed um, and you can see an awesome picture of how Dan and I keep track of the teams, <laughs> which is a bunch of post-it notes on the front side of the DM screen. Um, and that leads uh, actually really well into our second announcement, which is we are packing up our Patreon supporters loot for 2016. Uh, so if you have supported us, we love you and thank you so much. You're going to be getting something as soon as we pack it up and the postal service will carry it to you. Um, Otherwise, if you want to get loot and you want to support us because you love uh, the content that we provide, uh, we do have Patreon. So you can go there and support us. We have many levels with many rewards and um, go there, support us, like us on Facebook if you haven't, find us on Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff that we haven't plugged in a really long time because I know you hear it every week, um, but it's a new year, so do it. Yay! <laughs> year two of Essential NPCs. Year one was great. Uh, and with that, I think we should roll straight on in to Words with the GM. Hello. Hello, GM. Hello. This Words with the GM Hello. is about series four, episode one opening ceremonies. Or as I like to call it, Tommy talks a lot. (laughs) (laughs) That was the alternative name. That's very true. (laughs) Yeah. I hope you guys like the sound of my voice since the uh, beginning of episode one was story time with me giving you the background on the setting and uh, the campaign in general. And then most of the episode proper was still me talking a lot about uh, the different teams as they were, uh, as they were introduced. Uh, but I hope it was it was fun. Uh, there are some pretty colorful characters in uh, in the other teams. So yeah, some of them still are pretty mysterious, though. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, somewhat intentional. Um, I knew I had a lot of ground to cover going into this first episode. Uh, well, there are 
12 teams. Yes. <laughs> um, and you decided to pack them all into the first episode. Right. Well, it was because you were all there at the starting line together. You know, I really wanted to like set the scene. Like episode one is almost like a pro a prolonged uh, like you know, stage setting for the rest of the campaign. Uh, it's the kickoff point for everything. Cause at that point, um, you guys may or may not run into any of these teams along the way uh, to the finish line, uh, if you even make it to the finish line. No, that's comforting. <laughs> um, and so because of that, I wanted to make sure that I introduced all the teams uh, because who knows when or if you'll see them again uh, on the way. And then also I wanted to make sure that I introduced them in memorable ways. That way, um, hopefully, if you do run into them later, uh, you kind of vaguely remember like what I said about them at the very beginning. Uh, and, uh, and that was, that was the, the, uh, the challenge and the fun of, uh, of planning out this episode. So the way to do that was uh, to kind of like split the 12 teams into, you know, the, the teams I wanted you to kind of have a good idea of and like interact with a little bit, the teams who I wanted you to have like a vague idea of like what they were like, and then the other teams that I wanted to like remain mysterious. And so uh, it was, you know, the teams I wanted you guys to have like some sort of history with, should you run into them again, were the teams that were like in the tavern. And then like the, the middle ground ones were the people you met in the hallway. And then finally there were the teams that were just in the Great Hall who you could just see from afar. And those were the teams that I wanted to remain like more or less mysterious without a history, uh, should you run into them again. Uh, and is that how you would have done it if we were playing a home game or would you have had everybody at the, uh, at the tavern or, the uh, I probably would have still done it the same way just because it keeps it from being, uh, a super info dump. If like you run into all 12 teams at the same time, like if I made it just a big party in the great hall and you met all of them at the same time and mingled with all of them at the same time, that's 48 NPCs I would have to control, not only interacting with you guys, but also interacting with each other. I mean, it was hard enough just to be the NPCs at the card table in the tavern. And that was only four of them, like <laughs> interacting with each other and having tension between all of the teams, including you guys would have been a whole lot of me playing a game with myself <laughs> and you guys interacting a little bit. <laughs> so, uh, so splitting the teams up a little bit and letting you guys interact with them, like on like a small scale basis, uh, made more sense. And hopefully I made the characters uh, memorable enough, which is the real challenge when you do something like this, when you have uh, a big pocket of uh, like NPCs who you are trying to introduce for a brief moment before everyone gets split up. And I hope I did a good enough job on that so that you, know, you guys uh, will be excited or dismayed should you run into some of these people uh, along the way. Because <laughs> you, know, you usually do come up with like, you know, upwards of like 50 different NPCs who people interact with throughout their journey during a campaign or something like that. Uh, but, but you don't usually meet them all on the same day. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so you have time to like, you know, map them out and come up with them. Uh, and so that was pretty hard. Uh, but, uh, if we move into, to favorite parts, uh, my favorite part of, of this campaign is the fact that I'm running this campaign because all of these characters, the setting, the idea behind this campaign, it was all made a long time ago. Uh, for me, this was the campaign that never was. Um, I've had this campaign rattling around in my head for around like five or six years. Uh, and so it's 
really, really uh, exciting for me to finally be running it. And uh, so um, I'm not saying you need five years to come up with a campaign <laughs> like this. Most of it was done in a couple days when you just like kind of sit down and like if you get that like spark of inspiration, you can slap out a bunch of characters. And, uh, and then as long as you kind of give them memorable features, like make one of the teams the Three Stooges, <laughs> people will remember them a little better. Um, yeah. I, I, so I guess I kind of jumped into favorite parts there. Uh, uh, yeah. So. Let's not stand on pomp and circumstance. Or anything. <laughs> what about you? What's your favorite part uh, as a player for, for episode one? Yeah. So my favorite part, um, I, I love all these NPCs that we've been introduced to, but um, I think my favorite part is, um, weirdly enough, uh, the, the, the turkey, uh, <laughs> um, where it was just like, I'm going to eat a whole turkey, two whole turkeys, two whole turkeys. And it's like, what? You're tiny. No. And he's like, I ate most of one and the second half of another or uh, whatever. It's going to sit on the end of my bed and I'll just wake up and eat yeah. it. <laughs> and that was just so random and like totally added flavor to an otherwise, what could have been an otherwise sort of like mundane, you know, character moment where it was just like, what do you want? I want a sandwich. What do you want? I want a beer. And yeah. that was it. Turns um, out Zeke has, uh, has quite the appetite. <laughs> yeah. So that was my favorite moment. Speaking of Zeke, uh, the very first role oh, of yeah. the entire campaign, uh, was Zeke sizing up, uh, Edith and, uh, lo and behold, he got a tier four in the very first role. And, uh, that's incredibly unlikely at level one. <laughs> yeah, and how you get that is that twelves explode. Yeah, yeah. When we talked about mechanics in the previous uh, episode, we uh, we failed to mention the fact that uh, you know you, you roll your dice and you tier your successes, but uh, if you roll a d twelve and you roll a natural twelve, uh, your dice explodes into another die, and you get to roll a second d twelve. And if that if that d twelve comes up natural twelve, you get to roll again. You just keep rolling until you don't roll a natural twelve. You add all of those totals up plus your uh, stats and. That that's your total, which is how he was able to get like a 40 something uh, when he rolled that because his cunning is like one or something <laughs> yeah. like that. It's not that high. So it was kind of crazy that he got a tier four. That was that was a pretty a pretty wild moment. <laughs> yeah, he wasted a perfectly good roll on finding out what storm ship she was from. <laughs> <sighs> I bet you that won't come up at all. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Um, but with all that, uh, I suppose we should, uh, move on into the next episode. So, uh, here is series four, episode two, the high road. Enjoy. Hello, I'm Barnabas Gunsby, famous big game hunter and adventurer. I come from common birth, but I've used my skills to make a name for myself. I often go on expeditions to explore the world and its many lost secrets, to tame once wild lands and lay my eyes on wonders few have seen. I've written books of my exploits to help fund my adventures and while the books have brought me wealth and fame, many believe them to be fiction. It's cast a sad shadow over my once great career, but I have been selected to participate in the great Atroposian circuit, where I shall prove to the world that Barnabas Gunsby is a true legend of adventure.
Hello, I'm Talia Nazari. It's true, I am Varishta royalty, and that's all well and good, but ruling is certainly not my true passion, but a duty I fulfil nonetheless. You see, I'm first an inventor and engineer. Self-taught, but I'm very good, a natural. And I suppose that natural talent has only been helped along by a lot of time spent in solitude. But you should see all the sorts of things I've made, mostly through trial and error. I am certainly not afraid to jump in and get my hands dirty when needed. As fate would have it, being an inventor led me straight into what I believe will be one of the most interesting times of my life. Mr. Cornelius Jollypot has asked me to join his team for that great Atroposian circuit. Can you imagine? Of course I said yes, only bolstered by the fact that one of my teammates is Mr. Barnabas Gunsby, my favourite author. We're sure to have a fantastic time and perhaps even have the chance to win. I can't wait to leave Dalvozia and see the world with my amazing and talented teammates by my side. It's all so very exciting. I'm Ezekiel Quaglin, gnome pilot extraordinaire, but my friends call me Zeke. I grew up in Paldoris before the hurricane wars. When the Aedin attacked, I joined the military to do my part in defense of my people. When it came time to return home, we realized that in winning the war, Paldoras had become an uninhabitable wasteland. The Infernal Church of Jinzi swooped in to save the day with their city-sized stormships. This spelled salvation for many of my people, and though I was never particularly religious, I was happy to accept the church's appointment as pilot of Jinzi's Hammer. I flew the city for several years, but I never really enjoyed living on that mechanical monstrosity. When the Evanglesian Civil War broke out, I quickly volunteered for the Jinzi Corps to lend aid to the militarists. Though we lost, I earned admission to the High Flyers, and after the war, used my connections there to become a commercial pilot. It's not glamorous or exciting work, and it barely pays the bills, but it let me fly the skies. When Jollypot offered me a spot on his Atroposian circuit team, I was happy to accept in hopes of retiring to a life of luxury. I mean, even if we don't win, at least it won't be boring. The last time we left our adventuring team, they uh, had entered into the great Atroposian circuit with the benefactor Cornelius Jollypot. Um, they were told by their benefactor to follow the rules of the race as they were intended to have a fair and uh, balanced race with no one getting hurt purely in the spirit of good adventure. Uh, the three uh, members of the team, uh, Talia Nazari, Ezekiel Quaglin, and Barnabas Gunsby, all three arrived in Rikon the day before the race and uh, held up in the Rusty Ratchet Inn, where they got to actually meet and interact with some of the teams they would be competing against. After uh, that night, they walked up the mountain pass uh, to Cornfoot Manor, the official meeting place of the Corps Elite, and uh, got to at least observe, if not meet, the rest of the teams uh, that they'd be competing against. In the Great Hall of Cornfoot Manor, Sir Roscoe Berwin Cornfoot himself gave a rousing speech to begin the sixth annual Great Atroposian Circuit, and then all of the teams were lifted up on hot air balloons and positioned along the Rikon Mountain Range. 
and then were made to parachute from their hot air balloons to set off the race with a little bit of excitement. Our three adventurers uh, landed on the ground relatively safely, and um, their first checkpoint is Dayan, uh, which is basically lying directly north of where they are, um, and off in the distance, just uh, a couple handfuls of miles away from them, uh, they can see the uh, city of Bale off in the distance. Um, You guys have landed. Uh, It is... A few hours walk to Bale, really. Uh, you guys started in the beginning, like, you know, early morning, like nine, and you could make it to Bale by like six or seven p.m. So, uh, what do you guys, is there anything you guys are achieving on that, uh, on that walk? It's about, you know, a nine hour walk. I'm going to write a message to my brother um, and to let him know um, the route. Of the circuit, and that will be actually headed to town. And if he should like it, he can send a message back in the ball with a place where he could have potentially arranged transit once we reached Alvosia. Okay. It should take a few days, but it'll get there before us. Yep. Uh, so you uh, write your message, you draw a little map of the circuit, or maybe a list of all the places that it's going to, uh, and you uh, fold it up, you stick it in your little uh, messenger sphere, mm-hmm. uh, you press a button on it, and, you know, uh, set some coordinates in it with some dials, and then uh, you let go of it, and it hovers there for a second, goes, and uh, zips off ahead of you guys towards Dalvosia to the north. And the other thing I'd like to do is, um, while we're walking, I want to etch a piece of glass, a small piece of glass, um, that will fit into one of Gerald's eyepieces, um, with an abbreviated map of, um, where we need to head. Sure. Uh, while we're walking, there's no rush. Yeah. But that way we'll have a spare. Sure. Yeah, it doesn't take you any effort at all. You... You know, you have spare lenses for Gerald anyways in your pack, so you just etch one up with a little bit of a map. Uh, anyone else doing anything, or do we uh, arrive at Bale without any uh, anything else? I shall lead the way and enjoy the fresh air and getting to stretch my legs out in, out in nature. It is fresh air. It's nice. Also, I encourage my teammates to pick up the pace, as this is, in fact... A race. <laughs> I climb on Gerald. <laughs> <laughs> whoop, whoop, whoop. He, as he sees you climbing up, he looks over at, uh, at Talia. Well, help him up. And he bends down and scoops you up in his big hand, which really, like, you can kind of s- almost sit in. It's not really comfortable, but he has really big hands, and he sets you on his shoulder. This way. Whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. Uh, so uh, the three of you arrive at the outskirts of Bale. Um, it is, a uh, you know, a nice, uh, city ship, pretty much, uh, middle of the road. It's not like a big city, like, you know, Renville or Razul. Uh, it'd be closer to Rikon, except for, uh, it doesn't have like the, uh, mining industry that Rikon has. Um, it's really just like a nice, uh, township. Uh, it's got like some farms off to the west, um, and, uh, you know, a few factories inside. They probably manufacture something here. You just don't know what. The uh, city is not really walled, 
Um, it's just like an open city. You can come in from whatever direction you want. Um, it does. Uh, the buildings get a little taller as you go towards the center, uh, presumably where there's a town square. And you also see the skyship tower uh, uh, looming over everything else, like right next to a cathedral. Um, what do you What do you guys think? Should we try and get on a skyship? Should we try and get a car? Or how do you want to get to Dan? Well, I don't know what we would have necessarily to trade, but. I feel as if you have quite the talent for flying, right? Yeah. Perhaps we could offer your piloting services and then it we could if it's heading in the correct direction, we could take it that way. Seems like a good idea. We could go check out the skyport first. Yes. Um on the map there's also also a a train uh, track about a day or so away from here, it looks like. So we could perhaps, if all else fails, jump a train. Is that a thing, right? That's a thing. Here's what I'm thinking. All the other teams are probably going to be taking the airships. And I imagine that's going to spell trouble for us. Perhaps we should try to catch a ride on one of the trains heading towards our objective. It'll probably be safer. Stay out of trouble. Because you did see how murderous those other teams were. Oh, I think they could potentially be all right, some of them. I'm not going to trust any of them until after the race. Uh, so the train track you're referring to, the line between Razul and Loughton, uh, there are some waypoints that you can get on the train or at least where the train will be slow enough for you to jump on it if that's what you're attempting to do. Um, but like you said, it is, uh, you've spent nine hours of your 36 hours to walk to Bale and it will be another, uh, day's travel on foot to get to where the train is. And then, uh, at that point, uh, the train actually goes in Evanglas for a couple days before it crosses uh, the border to Dalvozia. Right. So the one problem you'll have is that you will be, with this current plan of action, you will be in Evangles. Extended past the limit. Beyond the 36-hour limit that you have to get out of the country. I see. So our best bet is going to be the airship. It's certainly the fastest option. We could always just go check it out. And if there's, like, a bunch of Atroposian teams up there murdering each other, then we try something else. Well, what's an adventure without a little bit of danger? Let's give it a try. I love flying. <laughs> uh, so you guys walk into the center of uh, Bale. Um, it is getting on in the evening. People are, like, you know, walking back home from the market, stuff like that. Um, some people seem to notice you, and uh, uh, they, they don't seem surprised to see you. You're probably not the first team they've seen. Uh, and, uh, you make your way to the skyport, you walk into the lobby ground floor and, uh, there's an elf sitting behind a counter, uh, wearing like a, like a, a double breasted uniform. Um, and he's, uh, you know, uh, like doing some paperwork or something and he looks up, he's wearing, uh, he's wearing like spectacles, like, you know, elves have kind of like longer faces and on the end of his like longer nose, there's like these, uh, these glasses he's wearing. He looks over them at you guys. He's like, hello, how may I be of service? We're looking to take an airship. Ah, yes. Um, are you by chance affiliated with the Atroposian circuit? Why, yes, we are. Ah, you're not the first team to come through. 
Um, I figured as much. Unfortunately, uh, the airship uh, that is leaving in uh, about half an hour is fully booked. Uh, they don't have any more uh, room for, for, uh, for passengers. What about cargo? I beg your pardon, sir? <clears throat> what about cargo? No, I mean, I, un- I understood the words you said. I wasn't in... <laughs> <laughs> I, I, simply, I simply was wondering what you were implying. <laughs> Are you attempting to ship something? Perhaps we could ship ourselves? Uh, it's highly against regulations for uh, passengers to be stowed away in the cargo hold. Uh, safety regulations and all, you, you know, you understand. Safety. Ha! This is the Atroposian circuit. Oh, yes. Um, you fail to remember that I am not part of the Atroposian circuit, sir. Yes, there will be another you don't have to know about <laughs> any of this. Unfortunately, like I said, the airship is all booked up. Um, I could see about arranging you a reservation for tomorrow's airship, if you prefer. Sir, I'm so sorry. You're, um, we haven't introduced ourselves. I'm Talia Nazari. This is the famous author, Barnabas Gunsby, and this is... Ezekiel Quaglin, who I'm not sure you may have heard of him. He's a high flyer and a good one. So if you should need some staff, I think we can supply you some. Oh, a high flyer. Pleasure to make your acquaintance. I, I'm a member myself. I hold my badge up like over the counter. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm a member myself. My name is Abandon Callahan. I reach up and shake his hand. Uh, yeah, he's an elf, so his hand like encompasses your entire forearm. But he shakes your hand gently and, and nicely enough. And uh, and uh, he goes, uh, where, where, how long have you been a member? Um, well, since the hurricane wars. Oh, oh, a veteran. Well, of course we can make exceptions for veterans. Um, uh, let me, uh, let me uh, ring down my. Uh, the captain really quick and he uh he turns around and grabs like a uh an earpiece and holds it to his ear and then like a mouthpiece and holds it up to his mouth and he's like excuse me captain brixton hello yes yes uh i have uh, a high flyer here who's uh looking to uh secure some space on the ship uh heading to dayan uh yes yes they are actually affiliated with the atroposian circuit yes it's him and two others mm-hmm Yes, um, uh, yes, yeah, I, I'm, I'm aware of that. Uh, they did offer services. Uh, he's, he could take a shift at the wheel, perhaps. Um, his, uh, his companions, well, they have a very useful-looking automaton with them. Uh, he could do some heavy lifting, and uh, one of the fellows uh, looks like he's, he's seen a thing or two. Uh, and <laughs> and uh, a very, very fine young lady here. Um, yes, yes, of course. Uh, yes. Yes, I'll send them right up. Yes, of course. Thank you, Captain. And he uh, hangs it up. He goes, yes, uh, the Captain uh, says he can probably find some room for you. Uh, we do always like to accommodate veterans whenever possible. I also fought in the Hurricane Wars. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, uh, thank you very much, Mr. Callahan. Yeah, that's much appreciated. Yes, of course. Uh, the only ship docked up there. You should be able to find it. Thank you. He uh, he presses like a button under his desk, and the gate <laughs> opens up, so you guys can head upstairs. 
we go upstairs. It's very exciting. Uh, you get up there. It is a it is a moderate, modest sized um, vessel. Uh, it's it seems like it can like house maybe half a dozen passengers. Um, and uh, the captain is a farishta who uh, uh, walks up. Uh, Talia, you recognize this as uh, as a um, as a farishta vessel. Um, I mean, it is heading to Dayan. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, he he walks up. He's um, he looks weathered a bit, you know, um, but I mean, Frischer are always very handsome and very hard to tell the age of. He's definitely older than you, Talia, just by the way he carries himself. Uh, you would have guess, you would guess he's, he's been around for a while. Um, maybe, maybe if you had to like throw a guess out, you'd say like forties, but you don't know. Uh, he steps around, he's got like a, a, a mustache and goatee, um, and like a, a long feather in his hat. And, uh, and he goes up, he's like, hiss. I'm Captain Brixton. Nice to meet you, uh, the four of you. Uh, which one of you is the high flyer? Hi. And, and he reaches out his hand towards Talia and then, like, sees you down there and goes, Oh, you down there. Yes, hi. I'm Captain Brixton. I'm Zeke. So, uh, I uh, understand you, you are aware that w- we don't really have any lodgings available. Um, we might have some room for you, Zeke, in the... Uh, in the staff's quarters, uh, you don't take up too much room. Um, but for, uh, for the rest of you and your automaton, um, we may have to confine you to the, uh, cargo hold if that's, uh, hang on. And he, he looks past and, uh, he leans like, leans forward and sees the emblem on, uh, on, uh, Gerald's vest, the emblem of the, uh, the Nazari family crest. Mm -hmm. And he goes, uh, is that, is that the emblem of of uh, of the Nazaris of Sunspire, the the virtues? Uh, yes, quite. Are you affiliated with them in some way? Um, yes, actually, Talia Nazari. Pleased to make your acquaintance. Oh, Milady Virtue, I'm so sorry. I'm. They shouldn't have even held you up at the uh, uh, at the ground floor. Um, I'm terribly like looks like genuinely like he's like I'm terribly sorry, but. I don't have any extra room. Um, you see, there was another team of adventurers who came and, and bought out the, the, the suite, the, the room that I would offer you normally. Um, and I, I don't know. I'd, it's They bought it? Uh, well, no, they, they, they uh, rented it out. Um, well, they, they traded for it. Oh, I see. All right. Yes. I, I'm, I'm terribly sorry. I, I, would, I would normally try to accommodate you the best at the... The, the cargo hold. Maybe I can bump one of the other passengers or... Well, um, Tommy and Barnabas would probably make good waiters. We, we, we can't have a virtue of, of Sunspire uh, serving our passengers. That would, be, that would be completely inappropriate. No, um, you can have my quarters. Oh, that's... Far too generous of you. I couldn't possibly. No, no, no. I insist. I'll sleep in the servants' quarter with Zeke and the others. <laughs> if you insist. Um, and I shall be perfectly fine in the cargo hold. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't be the first time I've slept in one. Okay. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Back during the hurricane wars. We were crammed like sardines in a can. Yeah, yes. And unfortunately, all oh. the lower-ranking individuals, such as myself, 
Working fine to the cargo hold. Yes, that could be rather... I made oh. a, quite a comfortable <laughs> hammock out of some rope in my bedroll. Okay, well, it seems like you'll be very fine then, yes. Um, well, we do need to, we do need to uh, uh, start prepping. Uh, let me, uh, 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 Lady Nazari, let me show you uh, to your quarters. Oh, thank you so much. And should you, I'm, we're all perfectly willing to make our, earn our keep in trade. So if you need at any help and shifts flying the plane, um, Ezekiel or I could do it. And, um, well, only if it's fair weather for me because I'm not that good. And then Barnabas would be a great waiter. <laughs> yes. <laughs> or a I can provide excellent service as well as amazing stories from my travels all over Tepper. He's a wonderful author. Okay. And adventurer. <laughs> yes, well... <laughs> Um, <laughs> I'm going to find my way to the flight deck. I'm pretty sure I can figure it out. Yeah, you can. Uh, <laughs> you you do easily enough. He goes, well, uh, Barnabas, the, uh, the cargo hold is down that hatch at the uh, after of the ship. Uh, are we bringing your uh, automaton? Is, is this your automaton? Yes, it's it your is servant. Mine. Yes. Uh, yes. Well, then, yes, we can, we can bring it into the quarters with you as well. And, of course, if you need him to lift anything, he is quite strong. So. Uh, and um, as you're uh, – so you guys kind of all split up uh, uh, very easily – uh, Zeke finds uh, the crew's quarters and the like, you know, the helm uh, and uh, the pilot's cabin, as it were. And um, Barnabas, it is rather cramped in the cargo holds. And uh, cramped, I prefer cozy. And uh, yeah, uh, the captain leads you, uh, Talia, around uh, uh, to a large but not like elegant um, uh, bedroom. He goes, "I'm so sorry. This is the best I can do." It's quite generous. I, I appreciate the sacrifice that you're making, sir. Uh, no, no sacrifice at all, no. Um, uh, should you need anything, let any of the crew know. I'll, I'll let them know that an Azali is aboard, and, they, and they, will, uh, they will help you with whatever you need. And uh, as he's like saying goodbye, you hear, um, Captain Brixton, our, our guests in the main suite require your attention. He's like, oh, well, um, duty calls. By all means. Yes. And uh, he goes, uh, he uh, hurries away. All right. Is there, like, an intercom somewhere? In his quarters? Yeah. No. Yeah, sure. Yes? Yeah. Do I think, perhaps, that it might connect the entire ship? Uh, you can safely assume so, probably. Do you think, perhaps, do I think, perhaps, that I could wire it so i could listen in on other rooms <laughs> probably not right. uh due to the nature of like you know circuitry and stuff like they have to have it on on their end if you if you tampered with somewhere else on the ship you could mm. but from your point it's either like send or on or yeah. off all yeah. right i will settle in for now okay zeke uh you meet some of the other crew uh they you know it's not that long of a trip to dan by air uh you guys will probably get there um, a little bit before this time tomorrow, they, they say like, you know, one of the overnight shifts that no one wants, like they're, they're cool with you flying. <laughs> Great. And so I'm going to show them how to really fly one of these. <laughs> uh, so everyone settles in and it's, you know, it's getting kind of dark. You guys could go to sleep if you wanted, or is anyone uh, attempting to achieve anything else through the evening? How nice is this airship? Uh, like I said, it's like a moderate, it's like a travel vessel. Um, so like there's a dining car. Yes. I go there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> there's some okay food there. I eat a lot of it. Yep. And 
Okay, so Zeke's in the dining hall. I joined Zeke for dinner. I suppose we all should eat together. Sure. Okay, uh, so you guys go to the dining hall, and you're eating a couple crew members in and out. You also see, like, a couple other passengers, uh, like, you know, grab their food. A lot of people are putting food. Uh, not many people are staying in the dining hall. A lot of people seem to be putting their food on trays and taking it to their, uh, to their cabins. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, one of the crew members comes running in and he like shouts into like the kitchen. He's like, he's like, I need another bottle of wine for the, uh, for the main suite, please. Excuse me. I've heard that, um, the main suite is quite an active place. Who's in there? Oh, uh, members of the Atroposian circuit. Really? Which ones? I'm quite a fan. Um, I don't, I don't rightly know their names. That's three women. Um, oh, thank you. What? Oh. <laughs> like that... I said, I'm quite a fan oh. of the Atroposian circuit. Okay. Yes. They're quite well known. Uh, well, okay. Um, Would you like to know their names? <laughs> uh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, Josephine, Phaedra. And Rosalind. Uh, you know, now that you mention it, I do remember one person calling another person Rosie at one point. Yes. That would make sense, wouldn't it? Yes. Perfect. Oh, well, uh, it seems like you're in good company. He seems like a little confused that you like you seem to know so much about these people. Well, it's published. Listen to the radio broadcast, don't you? Right. Yes. Yes. Uh, team. Uh, what? What is it? Uh, cups? Is it? Yes. 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 They're quite my favorite. Only girls, you see. Ah, yes, yes. And he, like, puts up a fist like power. (laughs) (laughs) And he goes, well, I I need to bring them uh, their wine. Excellent. Thank you so much. Of course. Pleasure talking to you. And uh, he hurries off. So it seems we've found that we are not going to be shot on sight. Very exciting. Well, probably. (laughs) Uh, Only one of them's a crack shot. More likely we'll be mauled by animals or something. Oh, I'll make sure we steer clear of those. Well, they'd be down in the cargo, wouldn't they? So. (laughs) (laughs) I've hunted worse things. I know at least you've done quite a bit of research. (laughs) It's important to do research before going out and actually hunting, yes. I know. That's why your books are also wonderful instruction manuals. Nonfiction. Glug, 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 yes, glug, nonfiction glug, glug. is a type of instruction manual. I think all instruction manuals are probably nonfiction. <laughs> I think I'm calling it a night. <laughs> I'm going to go fly the ship. Oh, cheers. I'm going to sleep. I, I take a lot of food with me. <laughs> Would you like Gerald to carry some for you? No, I got it. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> all right. All right, come along, Gerald. Whoop, whoop, whoop. I know. It's fine. It's nice of him to give us the room. I feel badly, (laughs) but he insisted. How could I say no? It makes him feel good to help me. Doesn't it make you feel good to help me? Yes, that's what he feels. That's all. (laughs) Um, So Talia goes to sleep talking to her automaton. Uh, Barnabas, you cozy up in the uh, cargo hold after uh, a nice thorough investigation you find no large beasts that could bother you um, and i recreate that hammock i had during the hurricane wars and zeke you set up in the uh in the pilot's cabin you have a nice viewport uh like you know 180 degrees um and then like uh, a couple like basically uh like spy glasses that are a bunch of reflected mirrors that let you look behind uh the ship uh most everyone else goes to sleep there's like one or two people on watch uh because it's like, you know, one in the morning. You travel for a bit, and uh, 
you're the only one awake, so I need you to roll notice for me. Yeah, that's an eight. Okay. It's a lot of like flying at this time. You, know, you got like the, the moonlight. They basically fly themselves. Yeah, they basically fly themselves. <laughs> and you got like the moonlight and the starlight to help you like make sure you're like going the right direction. And yeah, you're just kind of like cruising all of everything seems cool. Uh, and then you hear uh, some shouting coming from uh, the uh, aft of the ship. That's odd. Yeah, all these things basically fly themselves. I go investigate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. So you step away from the I pilot. turn on the autopilot. Right. I mean, yeah, you had the throttle on. It just keeps going straight. <laughs> um, I, I crank it back like 20%. Okay. Uh, and then uh, you exit the cabin and uh, walk around the back. You hear, uh, incoming, incoming. What is it? What is it? And like, you know, uh, just like random stuff like that. Um, and, uh, as you like kind of step out of the cabin, you start to hear like <laughs> getting, uh, getting, uh, louder. Hey, uh, I, I flagged down the nearest crew person. Hey, um, what's going on? Um, uh, we're not rightly sure. Um, it's hard for us to see, uh, but we hear engines, uh, incoming. It's, it's, it's too dark for us to make out what it is. And the, the cloud coverage is a bit much. What's the direction they're coming from? Where do you hear them? Uh, behind us, uh, from the aft. Uh, is there a place I can get a good look? Yeah, I mean, you walk like a couple more paces, like clear the like you know the cabins and stuff. You get to like the back deck and you look, and uh, the like clouds kind of move, and you do see some shapes in the clouds coming towards you. Um, you can roll notice to try and see more detail. It's a tier one. Yeah, you see some shapes coming in the clouds towards you. It's they're small vessels, but you can make up, and it's more than one. Um, I have to go fly the ship now. Tell people to buckle up. <laughs> uh, and I go fully focus on flying the ship. Okay. So you hop back into the controls, you push the throttle forward. Um, and, uh, yeah, um, I'd say Talia, uh, since you're like in the cabins and stuff, you probably wake up to like some shouting and stuff like, get the captain, captain Brixton. We have incoming unknown uh, vessels, sir. Oh, oh, why? Um, What's going on? Sorry. Uh, someone almost bumps into you as he rushes by you. He's like, oh, uh, miss, uh, you should get back inside. There's, there's something. Uh, we don't know what it is. It could be pirates. could be nothing. We, but we, we want all the passengers inside and safe. Uh, we're, going to, uh, we're going to handle this. Don't worry. Um, and he goes running off. All right. Um, I suppose I should go alert Barnabas, Mr. Gunsby. All right. So you move back towards the cargo hold? Yes. Okay. Uh, when you get back towards the cargo hold, you do have, uh, you could look back for, to where you hear oh. the sound of engines. Sure. So that's cunning. Yep. Okay. Tier two. Okay. Um, yeah, you, you look in the, the, cl- the clouds part and the moonlight hits, uh, you see about half a dozen, uh, small vessels, uh, coming towards you. Um, you, you, uh, actually given, uh, your, the wings that you've crafted for yourself, uh, you would put them at, um, like individual transports perhaps, mm. um, uh, like strapped onto someone's back or something or, uh, lay, that someone would lay down on top of. It's hard to tell from this distance. Um, but yeah, you see them, uh, you see them incoming. All right. I shall go get Barnabas, because now it seems like a real threat. Uh, yeah, so you open up the hatch, walk down the stairs into the cargo hold, yes. where Barnabas is. Mr. Gunsby! Uh, uh, uh. It seems the ship is going to be under attack imminently. I suggest that you grab your rifle. 
and you turn to look, and he's already climbing up the ladder with his boots on. Um, all right. <laughs> Hopped right out of his hammock. <laughs> really maintains a, a high level of verisimilitude with his books. It's just admirable. <laughs> <laughs> and then I go and I grab my wings okay. and, and sword. Sure. Uh, so you gear up. Um, as you're running back towards your room, uh, Talia, uh, by the way, Barnabas, you, you get up, you can look out the aft and see what you see. Um, Talia, as you're, uh, moving towards your room, uh, another cabin opens up kind of centrally located on the ship and, uh, Phaedra, uh, a, uh, a young, uh, uh, attractive woman kind of hard in the face. She has dark black hair kind of like pulled back into like a messy ponytail. Uh, she comes uh, around the corner, uh, holding a very nice looking rifle and almost bumps into you. And she's like, well, excuse me, love. No trouble at all. And, uh, good luck. Uh, she, she, uh, brushes past you and she's like, I don't need it. And, uh, hurries back towards the, uh, All right. towards the, after the ship. What do you, uh, what did you roll for your notice, Barnabas? 17. So All tier right. Two. So tier two. Um, yeah, you see relatively the same as what, um, Talia saw. They're getting a little closer now though. So you can see a little bit more at this point. Um, you definitely see, uh, that they are, so there's half a dozen of them. Um, they're kind of these like boards with propellers on top of them and like uh like glider wings off to the side like canvas uh like wings and um piloting while holding like two like uh two control sticks uh is the like pilot who's laying on top and uh like strapped down on his on their uh like while laying prone and then strapped on the underside of the vessel is another person uh, who is like hanging free, uh, like strapped, like with some kind of vest onto the bottom of the vessel as it approaches. So there's half a half a dozen vessels, um, and each one of them with two people. Uh, how far out are they? Oh, they're a good uh, like three to five hundred feet in the distance. Oh, okay. So I have enough time to load up one of my big nasty rounds, and uh, I'm gonna take aim and wait for. One of them to come into range. Okay, uh, roll for your take aim. Um, as you do that, you see movement off to the corner of your eye, and like almost in the exact same uh, like stance and form uh, form as you, uh, Phaedra sets up and like loads a loads a, a cartridge into her rifle and like you know slides the the bolt in and uh, and like starts taking aim as well. I got twenty, so I get to add three to my aim roll. Nice. Uh, as you're, you're taking aim and the things are getting closer, you, you, uh, you hear her like, uh, kind of wryly say, um, so you any good with that thing or are you just good with a pen? How about you aim to the center left and I'll take center right and we'll see. You're on. Uh, Talia, you get all your stuff together. Mm-hmm. Come along, Gerald. <laughs> whoop, whoop, whoop. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> uh, yeah, and uh, as they're closing in, they get within range, uh, Barnabas, for you to fire unhindered. And as you pull the trigger almost exactly at the same time, Phaedra pulls her trigger. I uh, got 17, tier 2. Okay, uh, yeah, you fire a shot. Uh, you, like, hit it right in the propeller, and the uh, uh, like some smoke starts billowing out. Um, the, the, sh- the auto is still flying towards you, though. Um, there's like a big, you know, and, and you hear some shouting and stuff like way off in the distance over the sound of the engines and the, and the engine now, like there's like the chorus of like engines and then one that's like, um, and like I said, at the exact same time that you, you shot, 
um, Phaedra shot hers. And when you hit the uh, uh, the one center mass, uh, she shot uh, it in the the one she was aiming for in the wing, and uh, that wing snapped. And that uh, one plane, for lack of a better word, uh, starts plummeting towards the ground, uh, like spinning, uh, like spiraling as it does. And she uh, grins and like you know pulls the the bolt back, letting the cartridge shoot out of a rifle. And she uh, she goes, "Well, that wasn't bad necessarily." Barnabas shrugs. <laughs> I still hit it. I reload. Yep. Everyone needs to roll priority now. Uh, Zeke, what did you get? I got a nine. Uh, what did you get, Talia? A 14, um, and Gerald got a 9. Okay, and Barnabas, what did you get? 28. What? <laughs> Ridiculous. Mm-hmm. 12, uh, 10, plus 6. Ooh. I'm so proud of my 14. <laughs> uh, so, Barnabas, you go first. <laughs> that motherfucker that I shot before? Yeah. Fuck him. I'm going <laughs> to take aim. So I had another 3. 13. Tier 2 with big bullet. Uh, this time he seems ready for a shot, and he dips down right as you take your shot, and it uh, it narrowly misses. God damn it. Uh, you hear a slight, like, amused uh, chuckle as, uh, Talia, it's your turn. Oh, good. I shall stand here at the ready. Are you moving back to the after the ship, or where, where are you standing? Oh, um, I don't know. I thought there was, might be, like, a... A deck, like a promenade or something. On the back of the ship or the front of the... Uh, I'm just trying to figure out where you move. Because right now you're kind of like centrally located being where the cabins are right. as you grabbed all your stuff. So you um, and Gerald are there. I wanted to know... Oh, no. I shall protect the passengers. <laughs> okay. So I shall stand I- here. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, yeah, you're on the port side of the ship. Uh as like crew and stuff are running by you on this like this uh uh the walkway between the like the cabins and the the edge of the ship um and uh yeah you're you and gerald are at the ready there sure and then uh after hearing that little chuckle uh barnabas you hear the the cracking shot of phaedra's rifle um as she finishes off the one that you missed uh shoots it like right in the engine and it bursts in the flames and uh starts plumbing towards the ground and uh, she, uh, she, you know, pulls back the bolt of her rifle again and goes, looks like you, could need a, you needed a hand with that one. I think I could have handled it just fine, but thank you. Um, at that point, um, Josephine and uh, Rosalind uh, both join you on the rear deck. Uh, Talia, you see them, like, leaving their quarters and running that way. Sure. Um, Josephine wearing, uh, like, blue and white and having blonde hair. She's got... Uh, pistol in a scoped pistol in one hand and then um uh, rosalind is wearing purple and black she's got red hair and she's got uh like two little like short swords in her hand they're in her hands um and they look the way and they're like uh, what's the situation phaedra and she's like well there were uh, there were six in the air and now there's only four each one of them with two passengers looks like they're gonna make it aboard though we don't have enough bullets for all of them before they get here don't we old man i don't know what you're talking about i have plenty of bullets it's a matter of time dear um, and, uh, Zeke, it's your turn. Yeah. Is there anything going on in the front of the ship that seems dangerous or bad? Uh, looking through the front, no. Uh, you can, you do look, like, in the, in the, like, rear, like, the, through the little viewport you have, uh, the spyglass with all the reflectives so you can see behind you. You see, like, the fire of the, like, uh, the one going down that just got shot. 
looking looking around, you actually like you know you see the controls and stuff on here. Um, there is there is uh, the potential for a, a smoke screen if you wanted to. It has uh, anti pursuer me uh, mechanisms. This airship. Uh, so you could drop a smoke screen. You could uh, push the push the ship further if you wanted to try and like get more speed out of it. You could take evasive maneuvers. You have options. Um, all right, then I will uh, release the smoke screen. Sure. And then drop altitude very quickly, and try and put the smoke screen between me and these little planes. Sure. All right. So roll dexterity. That's a tier two. You hit the the. I turn on the intercom. Okay. Um, hold on. <laughs> you guys hear that echoing through all the intercoms? Knowing M Mr. Quaglin, I grab onto something. <laughs> uh, you reach for something to grab onto. Gerald is the closest thing. You grab onto Gerald. Gerald grabs onto a banister. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, uh, you... Uh, Smash down on the uh, the control that uh, releases a smoke screen, and like you twist it around uh, to like open up the hatch. Um, and uh, uh, Barnabas, you see as uh, a billowing black like smog shoots out from behind the uh, the ship, making this giant cloud behind you guys, obscuring your view of the other ships. And then immediately uh, the ship drops in altitude violently. Um, I need you to roll a dexterity check for me. Uh, and go ahead and roll a dexterity check, Talia. Tier two. So that's tier one, Gerald, and the, and that's tier two for me. Oh no, Gerald's not rolling dexterity. Gerald's rolling brute. Oh, oh. Because he's well, then on. that's tier two for Gerald. Yeah. And tier two for me. Cool. So yeah, you all maintain your footing. Uh, Barnabas, you see as uh, Phaedra, Josephine, and Rosalind all seem uh, like unhindered by the movement of the ship. Uh, it drops in altitude pretty heavily. Um, it's Gerald's turn. Gerald prepares. Okay. He uh, straightens up and looks around. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, uh, the crew's all rustling around. Uh, Zeke, um, uh, the captain, pops into the, uh, the um, pilot's cabin with you, and he's like, what are you doing? I'm flying us away from our pursuers? Oh, oh, you're using the smoke screen. Oh, okay. I thought you were crashing for a moment. No, I'm a very good pilot. All right, well, uh, <laughs> carry on. <laughs> Got it. Uh, and uh, everyone seems to be rustling around trying to, like, batten down hatches and stuff to keep things from just flying off of this airship um, and securing, like, the other passengers. Um, and uh, breaking through uh, the smoke... Um, it seems uh, two of the uh, vessels found their way to where you guys are. The other two were probably lost in the cloud momentarily. And uh, they swoop down. And Barnabas, uh, you get uh, you and the, the Rose Petal sisters all get shot at. Same goes for you, Talia. Mm -hmm. uh, you and uh, Gerald get shot at. All right. Um, specifically just you, though. Um, and uh, as the uh, pilot seems to be using an onboard gun to shoot at you guys, the people who are strapped to it uh, release themselves and drop onto the ship. Um, 30. Talia, you very easily just like, and you just kind of like duck down. It strafes the cabins behind you. And then right in front of you, uh, the guy who was on the bottom of, of that plane, mm -hmm. uh, you know, he really, he pulls the cord on his vest and he drops down and lands and rolls and he's right in front of you. Oh, hello. Uh, and uh, he pulls out a gun and shoots at Gerald. No, 
Gerald. Oh wait, you have your sword out, right? I do have. No, my he sword shoots out. at you. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, Barnabas. Uh, I got eleven. Uh, same thing happens. Uh, you manage to duck behind your cover, and, and uh, the gunfire goes do 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 do. Hits the like wood behind you. The uh, rose petal sisters do the same, and um, then the one guy uh, releases himself and lands where you guys are, um, and he's got like a, a like a, a big like axe. He's a um, he's a satyr, and his like horns look worryingly sharp, and uh, he rushes at you guys and uh, swings at uh, uh, Rosalind, who kind of like interposes herself between her and her sisters. And uh, when he takes the swing, she just like gracefully ducks down and swoops around. He swings wide and misses. And as she comes up, she catches his ax with one of her swords, like the back end of one of her swords, and actually flings the guy's ax off of the uh, airship. And uh, he looks surprised and unarmed. And Barnabas, it's your turn. Uh, do I see any of the other planes yet? Well, I mean, you see the two that strafed you guys, yeah. Like, there's two that are, like, still flying overhead and just shot at you. Can I called shot the tail rudder? So, or can I called shot something so they can't turn back around? Uh, you can try. Actually, can I called, just called shot the pilot? <laughs> yes, definitely. Eleven. Uh, yeah, he seems ready for you to shoot, and he does a barrel ah, roll, and you... Whoosh, uh, miss him. Uh, Talia, it's your turn. Uh, what happened with your dodge when the guy shot at you? Uh, tier two, 13. Okay. Yeah, he missed you. Okay. Sorry, I assumed because I rolled a four. Sure. <laughs> um, yeah, so he shot at you. You, uh, again, this guy's not a great shot, so you just kind of like duck down, uh, spin around, um, Gerald. And now what do you do? Can I scooch around him and like push him into Gerald? Yeah. I would like to do that. Okay, uh, it's a called shot to the torso. Um, nine. Well, uh, you still hit him. <laughs> uh, he turns, he was a little surprised by how quickly you got behind him, and he turns around, like, getting ready to, like, take a shot at you at point blank, and, uh, you, like, hit him with your elbow, and I need you to roll, um, uh, your strike. Seven. <laughs> Uh, well, I rolled a natural one, so, uh, yeah, you hit him and he, like, goes like, ooh, uh, and let's see how he resists this. Uh, he actually, yeah, he, he gets shoved. You hit him in the torso and he stumbles back, uh, five feet, bumping into Gerald. Excellent. Uh, Barnabas, you see as, uh, uh, Phaedra, uh, aims a shot at the guy you missed and does the same trick where she shoots his wing out and he goes plummeting. Uh, and you see the other plane is like moving around for another um, another pass. Uh, actually, at this point, uh, you can kind of see it off to your uh, left, uh, Zeke. Um, it's coming in like parallel to the ship uh, to like do another strafe run. Um, and um, next to you, Barnabas, uh, Josephine starts whistling. Uh, it's like a high pitch, like, and. Uh, there's like a brief pause and you don't know exactly what she's doing, but it's like this weird echoing whistle that like seems a little louder than it should be. And you hear like, and like a murder of crows comes up from below and like rams into this uh, airship and uh, uh, hits the, uh, uh, the pilot in the face. And uh, he seems like he's, uh, he's, his vision is very disoriented. <laughs> and he's like shaking his head and trying to like uh, figure out what he's doing. 
uh, and uh, yeah, he's uh, he's closing in on the on the ship, but he's surrounded by this just murder of crows that's like pecking at his face. And uh, you see that too, Zeke. And uh, then Rosalind uh, sw- uh, like spins around behind the uh, the guy who she just disarmed, uh, and in one swift motion, uh, like reaches her sword around his neck and slits his throat and knocks him over the edge. And he goes plummeting to the ground. I'm watching the plane with all the crows. <laughs> so yeah, there's only one plane now. It's covered in crows. Uh, you can hear the other ones. <laughs> uh, you can hear the other ones uh, approaching, though. Uh, Zeke, it's your turn. Uh, all right. Um, does this airship have any kind of offensive capabilities? Uh, no, it's actually a traveling airship. It's just a, it's just a transport. I keep flying. Uh, all right. So you go back to focusing on flying and, uh, push a little more speed out of the airship. You see, as you do the, uh, the, what the planet's covered in crows, uh, doesn't seem to be flying directly at you anymore. (laughs) He's like kind of maintaining his already, he's not like compensating for your maneuvers and it's, uh, Gerald's turn. Gerald, grab him. Gerald attempts to grab him. That's <laughs> tier two. It's a, t- a ten. Gerald successfully grabs this man's arm. All right. And then he would like to grapple him. All right. So uh, Gerald uh, not only grabs the guy's hand, he pulls him uh, really close and then, like, wraps his giant arms around him in, like, a big bear hug and, like, just, like, pins the guy. I mean, he's very unhappy. Good job, Gerald. <laughs> At this point, um... Crew members come out and start uh, trying to, like, figure out who they need to shoot at. One runs up to Gerald, who has the guy in custody, uh, and, uh, like, knocks him out. Oh, oh dear. (laughs) Wasn't expecting that. Here, I actually have handcuffs. (laughs) And two, uh, the two other uh, planes come out of, break out of the smoke screen, uh, and they're trying to catch up with you guys. And Barnabas, it's your turn. I'm going to try that wing shooting trick that been apparently working so well for what's her name 16 okay uh you uh hit uh it's a pretty solid hit like digs right into the wing uh rips some of the canvas but you don't seem to like hit the same vital spot that uh phaedra seems able to hit to like really like disable this thing's ability to fly uh definitely hurt it quite a bit though and i'll dip back down into cover sure talia you're up I shall call for a chair or something. <laughs> Yell at one of the crew members? Yes. All right. Uh, roll cunning. Okay. This is with people. With people? So you get your plus it's a two. one. <laughs> Never mind. You don't get any pluses. You shout at someone and they don't even listen to you. They move it's on. too loud. And they're, they they're taking, taking shots at the incoming uh, planes, but missing. Excellent. I shall find some cover. All right, you duck uh, behind some uh, uh, some banisters. Barnabas, you see Phaedra moving into position. She's like, no, you have to hit it like this. And she uh, pulls her trigger and uh, wing clips another one of the planes, uh, taking its wing out, and uh, it starts plummeting. Not the one that you shot. She sh- shoots the fresh one, and it starts plummeting towards the ground. It's Gerald's turn. Oh, it's uh, Zeke's turn, actually. Could I ram one of these little planes? Yeah, there's one that's c- kind of closing on you. Doesn't seem very in control. <laughs> oh, no, wait, no, there's another one. That's right. There's there's one uh, that Barnabas hit. Yeah, I ram it. Okay, uh, so it's kind of above you, so you, like, pull the uh, uh, 
boop on the intercom. Hold on. <laughs> and you pull the, uh, the, the like, altitude up. Uh, yeah, I need you to roll accuracy for me. Can I do so heroically? Sure. <laughs> yeah, so that's a tier two success on heroics. Okay, so that's a plus two. That's an 11. Uh, you pull the ship up. Uh, they were The one that Barnabas hit, it actually is uh, having some trouble maneuvering, even though its wing wasn't completely like clipped off. Uh, and uh, it doesn't quite move out of the way. And you uh, smash it up against the front of uh, this ship. Um, I need you to roll uh, strike. Yeah, it's a tier one. Okay, so you uh, pull up, uh, you smack this airship with the front of, uh, you smack this plane with the front of your airship. Um, it was already pretty damaged from Barnabas's shot, and you just kind of like accordion smash it against the airship. Uh, it takes off like a good chunk of the front of the airship, actually turning the airship to the uh, starboard side, like making it kind of pivot. Um, and everyone, I need you to roll dexterity as, uh, uh, as the ship like pitches the wrong way. Tier two. One. Do I have to roll for Gerald? I need you to roll for Gerald. One. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, okay, so Barnabas, you managed to, like, hold your footing. You slide a little bit. Rosalind actually, like, spins around and sidesteps and kind of, like, catches the small of your back with, her, with your hand so you don't go completely falling. Uh, Talia, uh, you uh, lose footing and start to fly overboard. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, Gerald lose, loses footing. Um, and he uh, falls down, but he's still gripping onto that guy. And he like, has him like by the arm, and he throws the guy overboard. <laughs> oh, Christ. <laughs> <laughs> so the guy's limp body goes flying overboard. Um, Criminy. And, uh, and yeah, you, you kind of like smack up against the banister and like are like kind of like holding on there. Um, but um, you're not, you didn't actually fly completely overboard. You so like almost flew overboard. Could I have not grabbed on and fallen overboard after seeing Gerald throw this man over? Not with a one. Okay. Basically, like, you, you, like, hit the banister with your stomach and, mm -hmm. like, you know, like, your top half of your body looked down. <laughs> and, and you see the person who Gerald was previously holding falling down. <laughs> oh, cripes. <laughs> <laughs> it's Gerald's turn. <laughs> Is there anything he needs to do? I suppose he'll stand up. Go find Zeke. Don't bring him anywhere. Just, you know, protect him. Yeah, Zeke, the... Uh, after that, uh, you see, like, through, like, the, the front part of the ship is, like, scolded and burned and, like, hurt. Um, but... But functional. But functional. Um, you may have lost, like, a touch of speed, but it's not that big a deal. It's not my airship. Uh, and the door, uh, swings open. And, uh, you turn and you see Gerald, like, hunched down looking into the cabin, like, boop, boop, boop. Hey. Woo. How are you? Boop, boop. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> the murder of crows around that one ship, uh, uh, like, separates, and, uh, Phaedra, commands the like rest of the crew to like open fire and they you know, and they uh, shoot that ship down uh, before it has a chance to really close the gap and uh, fully like board you guys uh, it explodes and plummets to the ground I jump overboard okay <laughs> you do that is this is this how large is this man that I'm flying after uh, he was he too large for me to actually carry well yes because you don't have a 
Like, you're, I, I you, can't slow his fall. You might be able to slow his fall. You're not sure. It's probably unlikely. Basically, the the amount of power you get from your wings Christ. is enough to carry a person, and that person is your weight. All right. Um, so any added weight uh, is kind of like you don't, you can't really fly. Fine. If it was someone Zeke's size, you might be able to slow the, like, be confident enough that you can slow the fall enough. Like, you have still enough thrust to, like, make the descent not fatal. Mm-hmm. Uh, when it comes to someone who is bigger than you, because this is a Farishta, but he is bigger than oh, you. Oh, he's a Farishta? Yeah, he's a Farishta. Oh, all right. But he is bigger than you. All right. Um, and, uh, yeah, you, uh, you don't think that you could very easily... Uh, pull him out of the. I the jump free overboard. Fall. Okay. And I try to catch up to him. Okay. Do I? Yeah, you can. All right. And then I take out my all altitudes parachute. <laughs> sure. And I put it on him. And I pull the cord so he does not die. Sure. Uh, <laughs> you pull the parachute and it. Opens up and his, uh, controls his descent as his limp body kind of hangs and he starts going down. All right. And uh, you look up and you see uh, the airship is starting to lose you uh, in its speed oh. away from you. I try to catch up with it. Yeah. Uh, roll dexterity for me. All right. And see how well you can maneuver your uh, uh, not great your wings. That is a nine. Okay. <laughs> Uh, so you managed to catch up like altitude wise, but it's still like, no one knows that you went overboard. <laughs> so, uh, mm-hmm. uh, so Zeke still like is like in like full, like escape speed. Right. Um, but, uh, uh, Barnabas, you are at the back of the ship. Can you roll notice for me? <laughs> it's tier two. Okay. Uh, you, you see, uh, amongst the starlight and everything there is, there's the glowing wings, of uh, of Talia's uh, uh, mechanical wings, uh, you see the glowing feathers. Uh, these yellow sunlight uh, type looking like feathers blow- billowing out from uh, from her uh, wings, um, providing the thrust that's letting her like raise up to your altitude. But she's like falling behind as she's like reaching, and you're like Barnabas, <laughs> <laughs> Barnabas. Oh, Zeke. <laughs> Zeke! <laughs> Barnabas comes running up towards the cabin. You, uh, you kind of like look under, like so in the in the doorway to the pilot's cabin. It's completely taken up by Gerald just standing there. <laughs> um, but you can kind of poke your head under Gerald's armpit to shout at Zeke. <laughs> and, Zeke, and Zeke, slow down! Holly is behind us. I guess she went overboard or something. I pop on the intercom. Hold on, <laughs> and I oh, slam on the no. brakes. <laughs> and uh, uh, Barnabas, you bump into into uh, uh, Gerald, who's just kind of like totally stationary. Also, Gerald is just staring at Zeke. <laughs> He's just like sitting there perfectly still, just like watching Zeke. <laughs> uh, and yeah, the, the ship comes to a stop uh, and everyone like, you know, fumbles around and everything. Uh, and Talia, you can catch up. I land gracefully on the deck. Yeah, you do. Yes. Well done. I should go fetch Gerald. As you do, you see the like the uh, Rose Petal sisters like you know checking in with each other, um, and some of the crew like running over to see if they're okay. And like they're like, like Phaedra, like you hear Phaedra go like, "Oh, shove off!" to like one of the crew members, like, "Are you ladies all right?" <laughs> uh, she like pushes that guy away, and like she checks on her sisters. Um, and yeah, you run up, you find Gerald, Barnabas, and Zeke up by the cabin. 
Captain Brixton comes up and he's like, what was that? Unfortunately, we don't really know. There was people coming after us in sort of two-person flight thingies. Uh, Zeke, go ahead and roll cunning for me. Would I perhaps have recognized them you could from also, my travels? You could also roll cunning. Uh, Some sort of shock troop. Three. <laughs> Tier two. Okay. Uh, Talia, you can also roll cunning. Oh, exciting. Just given that you're a Farishta, you are not a stranger to airships of various sizes. Twelve. Uh, Zeke, uh, you, you haven't really seen anything like this. I mean, you've, you've flown various sized uh, fighter crafts, uh, but you have, you've never really seen anything quite like these ones. Uh, they seemed a little ramshackle and makeshift to you, but that's about it. Uh, Talia, uh, you recognize, uh, given your engineering uh, background, that uh, these vessels uh, would have a pretty limited fuel supply mm-hmm. and uh, would have to, like, it, they're not like long journey type things. Uh, and Barnabas, you've actually seen something like this before uh, during the uh, uh, Civil War. It wasn't like it wasn't anything too crazy. N- not exactly like this either. But in your experience, you have had like you you have like witnessed uh, some battle tactics where um, either with an aircraft carrier or a ground camp nearby, uh, certain forces, um, both militarists and royalists, uh, would um, like do little raids with like small one man aircrafts like this uh, that could like go and pepper the enemy and then come back and refuel either on the large aircraft or uh, on a ground like bunker and resupply. Very short and go back range. In. Yeah, short range. So, what are our chances that they're launched from an airship uh, that's you, following you us? You are uncertain. Well, we don't have much further to go, so I think probably. As long as we keep a, an eye out, um, whatever this is, we can handle again, if should it arise. Uh, and, uh, of course. Phaedra and her uh, uh, two sisters, uh, Josephine and Rosalind, approach and go, uh, and Phaedra goes, I'll volunteer for first watch. Excellent. Thank you so much. Yeah. Uh, I could use uh, another set of eyes out there if you're feeling up to it, old man. And she, like, grins and winks at uh, Barnabas. Yes, well... I think I have to redeem myself after for a couple of shots. See, it's been many years since I last shot at one of those. It was during one of my expeditions, and then he just walks off. And yeah, she she like nods and like walks with you. Like, uh huh, yeah. <laughs> um, Josephine uh, Zeke, you see Josephine like as a as a bird like kind of flies over and lands on her shoulder, and she kind of like picks it up with her finger and like pets it a little bit and like and says like thank you and like kind of like boops it on like the beak and it like kind of like nibbles at her finger a little bit and she like gives it a little bit of food and then uh sends it off cool. um and uh uh brixton's like oh, we're in your debt all of you i i, I don't uh, i don't know why they were attacking but uh it's it's uh, we're glad we had you on board glad to be aboard sir um uh, zeke you've you've done enough uh, I'll, I'll take uh, the helm for a bit you can rest up all right i'm gonna Hit the dining car and then head to bed. Sure. So you you head towards the dining car and uh, Josephine actually goes that way as well. Um, and uh, she like kind of catches up to you and she goes, "That was some pretty good flying. Little little hectic, but uh, uh, inventive." Well, you know, it's a big thing. There's not a whole lot you can do with it. 
That's that's fair. Yeah. Have you you've flown a lot then? And she like starts like making casual conversation with you as you guys head towards the uh, uh, the dining hall together. Um, and uh, Rosalind comes up uh, to you, um, Talia. Uh, she goes, "So you went overboard?" Oh yes. Does that was that <laughs> that was intentional or not? I just. It's a good thing you had those, those, what are those wings? Those are pretty cool, actually. Oh, thank you. I made them. Really? Yes. How'd you go about doing that? Um, well, I could show you if you like. Here. And then I sort of show her a brief explanation because I don't know how in-depth her knowledge actually goes. Yeah. She actually seems pretty interested and, uh, and starts talking to you and, like, talks, like... She, like, starts waxing poetic about the idea of, like, flying freely f- through the air, that kind of thing, like, wind in the hair, um, and begins, like, talking to you about, like, that a little bit. I do love flying. It's yeah. one of the best feelings. Part of the reason that I did that, actually. Um, so she, like, in, she, she, like, invites you to, like their quarters if you want to like talk over your designs and like show her and stuff like that and like well, that's she's proprietary, like proprietary but she, i'll show her something and she's like and then you know we've got like a bottle of wine stuff like that mm-hmm. uh they've they've been giving us non-stop food that kind of thing sure cool. why not uh barnabas uh phaedra kind of sets up like she's like set a chair nearby the banister and like puts her feet up and like you know rests her uh rifle on her shoulder uh and uh uh like I'm still talking. You're still talking, and she's she like kind of pushes a barrel over for you to sit down and continue talking to her. Uh, and then she reaches in her uh, in her uh, boot and pulls out like a flask and uh, offers it to you, uh, and like stretches out a bit and like kicks her feet a little like as she's like finishing pulling her flask out, she kicks her feet up on the banister, and uh, like wherever your story is going, she's like you know being like. She's she's interested, but she also seems like, oh, this is a lot of talking. <laughs> and uh, and like she's like kind of scanning the horizon, uh, being like, uh-huh, yeah, here, uh, just like have a drink, take a breath. <laughs> is it actually alcohol? Uh, you grab the flask and you, you smell and it's whiskey. I take a sip. Okay. Can I identify the whiskey? <laughs> <laughs> Roll cunning? Um, <laughs> Uh, that is a tier three. <laughs> <laughs> of course, I roll tier three on stupid shit. Yeah, uh, we'll get back to that in a second. Um, are you, are you, Zeke? Are you sitting in the dining hall? Or are you getting food and going? I back? imagine this place is a mess. So yes, I'm sitting in it. Okay. <laughs> uh, There's food everywhere. Uh, yeah. So uh, Josephine like goes in. She's like, oh dear, uh, and. Um, she like steps over some of the like mess and everything and like some of the crews in there like trying to clean stuff up and uh she like waves to like one of the uh uh crew members and he's like oh yes uh how can we uh how can we be of service she's like um can we get a bottle of that that wine that we had uh back at our uh uh back in our room um i'd like to share it here with my fellow adventurer uh and she like smiles warmly at you and uh, the guy's like, yeah, sure. <laughs> like, reaches over, finds a bottle that's not broken, and pours both of you guys a glass. Um, could I get two cheeseburgers and uh, <laughs> a burrito? <laughs> and he's like, sure. I mean, we're trying to clean up here. Well, I guess no rush, but, you know. Do you want to just make it yourself? You could. Yes. Okay. 
<laughs> and uh, and Josephine's like, oh, I'm an excellent cook. Uh, and she like hops up and heads back into the kitchen. She's like, we have the full run of the kitchen. And the guy's like, yeah, sure, whatever you guys want. Just, I mean. Yeah, I guess we're going to resupply at day end, so go ahead, have at it. And she's, like, really excited to, like, cook. And uh, and she starts, like, making burgers with you. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, uh, Talia, um, you're talking with uh, uh, Rosalind. You learn that she, uh, she, like, started out as a dancer, and then she met her sisters. They're not actually her blood sisters. Um, and that they like started their act together. You know, first they were just like in a random circus and then they went off on, and struck it on their own. And then eventually they met DD cups. Uh, she seems interested in that, but she's also like more interested in like you, like, you know, you're a Farishta and like that kind of stuff. She like wants you to talk about being a Farishta and like, and like your relationship with like being in the sky and the, and the like natural grace that comes with it. And she's like, you know, I've always found Farishta to be really elegant and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, she, you know, pours you guys. It's a natural racial trait. Actually. <laughs> uh, she she like you know pours you guys like wine. Oh and, like, no, thank you. I um, while I'm fiddling with my um, inventions, I don't drink. That's a really good way to get electrocuted, actually. Oh, and she she also offers you like food and stuff. They have like they actually now that you're in your room, it is a nice suite, and they have like a table with like a bunch of food on it. It's got like uh, like grapes and like wine, and some of it's all messed up, but some of it like survived. Right. Um, and so like you know, just the middle of the night, and I already had dinner and she's like all right suit yourself thank you for offering though uh feel free to partake yeah and uh so she you know eats some grapes Mm -hmm. um and uh i fiddle with my wings tune them make sure i didn't overtask them uh zeke and josephine finish cooking uh and (laughs) make some burgers there's a lot of ingredients in here and Josephine managed to do some interesting stuff with the spices and she's like, you know, uh, she's like, takes a big bite out of hers and she's like, "Mm, yes, (laughs) no one knows how to make a good burger these days. They're very hard to find. (laughs) Uh, And uh, uh, she kind of like props herself up on the, uh, on the counter and, you know, starts munching on her burger. Yeah. Oh, as soon as they were done, I was like halfway through with the first one. <laughs> she's like, mm, mm, not so fast. We're going to have to make more. You say that like that's a problem. <laughs> Back to you, Barnabas. You sip this whiskey. It is a nice, fine Evan Glessian whiskey from Clogwin Hollow is where the brewery or where the distillery is that makes this kind of whiskey. Um, you've had it before. It's actually one of your favorites. You take a good sip of it. It tastes great, except just a little off. <laughs> so anyway, that's when I turned the corner and guess who it was? The angry townspeople. <laughs> <laughs> and you're, you're saying that. And then uh, you kind of hear your voice echoing your head a little bit. And then uh, everything starts going a little, uh, a little dark and you're like, you're, you start mumbling and like trailing off. And then she turns to you and like kind of grins and goes, uh-huh, go on. And uh, you black out. Um, Zeke, you're chowing down on that burger. Nom, 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 nom. And you're like, you say that like it's a bad thing. And then like uh, you reach to like take another bite and then it just kind of like the, bur- the rest of the burger falls out of your hand. Your hand's like kind of numb. What am I standing on? <laughs> uh, you're standing on tile. <laughs> um, and uh, you, you like your hand kind of goes numb and you look up and uh, she's like, I told you to slow down. And uh, well, thanks for the burger, at least. <laughs> and then you fall over blacked out. 
Uh, Talia, you're still talking with uh, with uh, Rosalind. Where's uh, Ger- uh, Gerald at this? Oh, this? he's he, with me. He came with. Okay, of course. Cool. You're you're talking with her for a little bit. Um, every once in a while, she's like, "Are you sure you don't want to have a glass? Uh, we can clean up this mess and like you know relax a bit." Uh, oh no! Well, you see, if you connect this fuse with that one, then you get a better, and it makes it the the variable control on the wings just a little bit better. So you've got a little, it's it's a little bit touchier. So you've got to practice. But and <laughs> yeah, uh, and as you're talking, um, the door opens up, and uh, uh, Phaedra comes like walking in briskly, and uh, she stops and sees like you talking to Rosalind. She's like, "Oh, am I interrupting?" No, not at all. It's your room. It's late. So sorry. Um. Uh. Well, I'll be happy after the race to show you the rest of this, Rosalind. Um. So I'm. I've overstepped my stay. By all means, and get Rosalind's your best. like, no, no, no. But you're right. It is. It is time to rest. Here, let me see you to your quarters. And she offers you her arm. Oh, how odd. Um, and she kind of like, you know, you guys are doing like the hand on hand. Like, all right, walk. that's fine. Um, and uh, and you're walking out. Uh, and uh, Gerald is Gerald is coming with coming me. with. He's like, <laughs> um, and as you're uh, walking out of the door, I guess. Roll notice for me. Roll cunning. <laughs> I don't know if I should even give you a chance to notice it. I don't think you see it coming, but go ahead. 27. Uh, you hear a slight clicking sound behind you. Uh, just in time to turn and uh, see Rosalind pull the trigger uh, as she's aiming at you. No, Gerald. Uh, oh, at me. Oh, at that's you. fine. Yeah. And uh, it, it hits you in the shoulder. <laughs> Wait, I don't get to evade it. <laughs> All right, roll an evade test. I'll roll an accuracy test for Phaedra. <laughs> yeah, uh, go ahead and roll evade. I'm going to die <laughs> now. 16. So, yeah, you you see it coming, and you, uh, like, pull yourself to the side um, to, like, try and get out of the way, but it still, like, clips you in the shoulder instead of, like, dead center in the chest, uh, and you, like, stumble back. Uh, it's not a bullet that hit you. It's a dart. Fuck. Uh, <laughs> And uh, Gerald's like, whoop, 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 whoop. and uh, you see um, as uh, your your vision starts to like tunnel in black, uh, you see Gerald like reaching back to like smack Phaedra, <laughs> <laughs> like and Phaedra like is like backing up, and he's like, whoop, 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 whoop. <laughs> uh, and you black out, um, right. and that's where we'll end today's session. <laughs> yeah, as soon as they separated us, I was like. No one gives a shit about anything Barnabas has to say. That's been well established. (laughs) (laughs) This podcast has been brought to you by ENPC Productions. All rights reserved. The Essential NPCs podcast is not affiliated with, endorsed, sponsored, or specifically approved by Cracked Monocle Gaming. Tefra, the steampunk RPG, is a trademark of Cracked Monocle Gaming. All rights reserved. Go to www.crackedmonocle.com for more information.